even though you don't see him work. He is making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So I, we just want to praise God for that word this year. And I believe that's for us this year is that we're not going to focus on the past. We're going to focus on now. We're going to forget the past that God is ready to do a new thing in your life. Amen. He's ready to do a new thing in your life. I mean, but let me stop here for a second. How many of you know that doing the same thing but expecting a different result? That's right. Right? That's right. I, I, I thought it was, you know, I was going to start a diet this year, and when Tim gave me those honey buns, I said, well, this year I'm going to eat those honey buns, but I'm going to lose weight by eating those honey buns. Wouldn't that have been insane thinking? Right? That I could eat the same way, but I'm going to all of a sudden start losing weight? No. You see, for to get a different result in life, Sometimes we've got to do different things. That's right. And that's what I'm going to share with you today is, is 2020, the vision for 2020. And how many of you know what vision is? Is what 2020 vision, when you go to the eye doctor, he says you have 2020 vision, means you could see clearly. Right? I, that reminds me of that old song, I could see clearly now. The rain is gone. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. And that's what I, I don't even know who sings that or what the rest of the song is, but that just went through. But how many of you want this to be a bright, bright, sunshiny year? Yes. Amen. We're going to walk yes. in the Lord. So, all right. So let's just lift our hands up right now. Father, we just come to you right now. Father, we turn this entire service over to you right now, Father God. We ask that you move in this place this morning, Father God, as we worship you and lift your name up on high, Father God. Father, create inside of each and every one of us a heart of worship, Father God. Father, we just pray that every blind eye be open today, every deaf ear be open today, Father God, that every mind would be open to receiving uh, your word today and our hearts be ready for your word. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone one shout, Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together and worship the Lord today. Here in your life we find what makes us come alive. A sacrifice of praise A city on a hill Surrender to your will Your glory on display Your glory on display Awesome in this place 
Jesus, you are awesome in this place. Worthy to be praised. Jesus, you are worthy to be praised. You will be praised.
just begin to lift your hands. Oh, just lift your hands in this place. Oh, begin to call on the name, the mighty, precious name of Jesus. Even in the silence. Yeah. 
there's a lot of times we don't understand. We don't understand why God's doing what he does. But it's okay, we don't have to understand. It's like the song says, even when he's whispering, we know when we hear him loud and clear. Even when it's silent, we know he is still there, no matter what. And when things don't go our way, it's okay. Because we know that he always has our best interest and our best mind at heart. And that's, that's what this song is really about. Not understanding and always seeing the direction God's taken us, but trusting. Trusting and knowing he's never going to leave. He's never going to fail you. He's never going to leave you. And he's always going to come through. As Pastor Scott was saying, he will make a way when there seems to be. When there seems to be no way. He's going to make a way. Open the heavens, how we receive. 
just gone through the motions I'm sorry Now just say another song So take me back to where we stood I open up my heart to you God, you're enough to take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Nothing else, oh, nothing else, nothing else. 
2020, we want to know you like never before. Father, nothing else matters except you. Father, I just pray that this year we'd step into a relationship with you like we've never known before. Father, that we'd feel you closer than we've ever felt before. Father, nothing else in this world matters. Nothing else matters, Father, except you. Without you, there is nothing else.
this. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can make your way to your seats and be seated uh, quietly as we get our lights on. I want to go ahead and dismiss our children, uh, three, four, and five, to their class. Amen. Like I said, it's glad to see everyone here. And if you have your Bibles, you can get them out. Let me see your Bible. You got your Bible with you? Let's see it. Amen. Don't walk around without your sword. Amen. Carry that sword with you. If, it, if it's in your cell phone, get the cell phone out. You can do that too. Amen. Amen. But it better be on a, on a Bible program and not on Facebook right now. Amen. Amen. Just want to, uh, again, begin by saying Happy New Year to everyone. And this is called, this message is Vision Sunday 2020. Amen. Uh, Suzanne, will you turn off those two lights for me, please? Amen. My French fry lights, I call that. I always feel that when those two lights are on, I feel like a McDonald's, a McDonald's French fry. Uh-oh. We all right? Oh. Oh, y'all dropped the bass. Oh, my goodness. Not, not the, y'all can kick over any other instrument, but not the bass. <laughs> Amen, amen. Glad to see Brother Tad feeling better and being able to be up here. Amen. You know, uh, as we start today, I just want to say also to, to remind you, and, and maybe I should need to remind you more, but I want you to begin to thank everyone that serves in this church, on the worship team. Those of you that have kids three, four, and five years old right now, let the teachers know thank you for your service that they go there. Those that are in the nursery right now, if you've got kids in the nursery, thank those nursery workers every time you go to pick them up. If you've got kids from 6 to 11 or 12 that's in uh, children's church right now, thank those workers and uh, people back there for, for their time and service. Amen. Thank the worship team for all their time they put in. Thank the ushers for all they do. Thank everyone for all they do. Amen. Amen. So re- remember... Thank, be thankful this year, amen, for everything we have. So if you'd have your, your notes, you could get them out. Uh, again, this is Vision Sunday and Communion Sunday. We're going to have communion at the end of service here this morning. Um, I've been in the last couple of years using the first Sunday of the month, as in just at, of the year, and calling it Vision Sunday. I don't remember if last year was the first one I officially called Vision Sunday, but it's about sharing with you some of the things that God's dealing with me toward the next year. And last year, uh, if Matthew would put up there, uh, what was Vision Sunday last year? Now, keys to 2019. This does not mean in any way that what were keys to 2019 means that you stop doing those things. Uh, is to add on to these things. So the first thing was last year was faithfulness to prayer, in which we, we had our prayer meetings, uh, things, and we're going to talk about that later on. Uh, this year we're, we're kind of increasing that we're going to do the first month of prayer. And that the uh, second thing was unity in his body, that uh, not only this body, but also his whole body, all the churches everywhere. And Brother Jerry, I always say this when I see him, it's so great that War Room Ministries are out there and then they do community outreaches that many churches, sometimes 10 churches, 
all go with them, working with them to reach the lost in the community. So unity in his body. You know, we're not in competition with any other church on this Bible. We're only in competition with the devil. We're trying to win souls for the kingdom of God, and he's trying to keep them out of the kingdom of God. Amen? And the last thing is faithfulness to God's house. Uh, last year was being faithful in God's house because the Bible says that uh, do not forsake the gathering of his people. And it talks about even in the latter times, you need it all the more. That we come together to lift each other up, to agree in prayer. And, and I, I like to say that it recharges your battery for when you leave this place and go out during the week to serve the Lord. Amen. So that's where we uh, was last week, last week, last year. And this is continuation of things going on. And this is a good thing about the order of things. Uh, when I was probably about in October or November, God started dealing with me with this message for this morning, for <coughs> this upcoming year. And just the word, and you'll hear it a lot, uh, 2020 vision means begins, it's the year 2020, but it's also a play on words as in being able to see clearly. Okay, that we could see clearly. We have 20-20 vision. Now, many things hinder vision. Okay, your eyes could be bad and things not seeing. But how many of you know that uh, one thing, and this is kind of what I'm focusing on um, uh, about vision is, sometimes I could have good eyes, but there may be something obstructing my vision that I can't see. That there's something between me and what I'm trying to see that is obstructing my vision. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about. And so, uh, again, let's get to our uh, notes here quickly. Revelations 2, 1, and 5. Now, this is, was written to uh, the, the church of Ephesus. And I want you to notice what was said here, okay? And uh, the very first uh, verses are actually complimenting them. It's saying, Jesus is telling the Lord, tell him, you are doing great, you are doing great, but then it changes into something. And how many of you know that sometimes you could just go through the motions of doing things? Right? But what does God look at? Our outward things or our heart? Now, notice what he says here, starting in verse 1. And, and let's go to the Lord in prayer before, anyway, here. Father, I just come to you this morning. Father, I thank you for your presence here this morning, and I just pray that you continue to move in this place, Father God. We lift up all those that are watching online, Father God, that you touch each and every one of us this morning. Father, I just pray that every blind eye be open today to your spiritual truths, that every deaf ear be open today to hear the spiritual truths of your word, that every mind be open to comprehend your spiritual truths today, and that every heart be softened to receive your word, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, Amen, Amen. <coughs> Notice what it says, I know your deeds, what you do, he says, your hard work and your perseverance. What is perseverance? That you're standing, you're keeping on, you're not giving up. These are all compliments. He's saying these, these things are great. He says, I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. He says, you have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. But then it says this, 
yet I hold this against you. You have forgotten the love you had at first. He says, the, the love you had for me, the love has kind of done that. You kept doing what you needed to do, which is great, but there's some things that came in between us, and it's not, I am not first place in your heart anymore. He says, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. And the key words we're focusing on <coughs> is first. He says, if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. So we understand that things, that we could go through motions and we could serve God indeed, which God wants us to, and through works, which God wants us to. But God is very concerned about our heart, that our heart does not grow cold, that our heart toward Him does not get stagnant. And everybody knows, even in relationships, husband and wife says, you know, and I always say it's the truth. <laughs> you know, when I was first dating my wife, I, I would have loved to get a phone call and could have talked all night, right? But if she calls me right now, it's, oh, no, not again. <laughs> right? <laughs> Those things change. Things change over time. And God's saying that sometimes our hearts grow cold toward Him. Amen? You, I don't say that, Deb. Look, she's looking at me like a sad puppy over there. <laughs> But sometimes our hearts grow cold. We still go through the motions, but it's not like it was at first. And that's what he begins telling us. So this year, I want you, the first blank on your page is, I want you to put God first. The 2020, we need clear vision. We don't need anything in between us, us and our relationship with God. We have to put God first. <coughs> Amen. Can I tell you, if God's not first in your life, He's not in your life? God doesn't take second place. He needs to be first and wants to be first. <clears throat> so let's look at the very beginning of the Bible. The first... Uh, let me put on my glasses so I can really count. <laughs> One, two, three, four, four words in the Bible. Now, I don't believe this is taking it out of context, what I'm going to be sharing with you. If you keep looking through the, uh, the, the spiritual truths throughout the Bible, but it start, the Bible itself starts out with, uh, in the what? What is beginning? The start. In the beginning. And then the next word, God. In the beginning, and I think the Bible starts that way because God wants you to continue this throughout every single area of your life that God needs to be in the beginning of every single thing in your life. Because if it says, in the beginning, God, then it says, created things became so it, we have to understand it starts with god god has to be the beginning and focal point of every single thing in our life in the beginning god and then it says he created and it went on to create it and he started everything but how many of you know that nothing that was created could have been done without god the Bible tells us in Psalms, I believe it is, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, you labor 
in vain. So if God's not in it from the beginning, it's a useless work. In the beginning, God, we have to put God back first in every single area of our life. And I'm, I hate to say it, but our country has pushed God out of everything. Got to get Him out the courtrooms. Got to get Him out the schools. Got to get Him every, out of everything. And what shape is our country in now? Put God first. Notice uh, Exodus chapter 3, 5 I'm, I want to use here. When Moses went up to the, the mount and uh, there was a burning bush, it says this, Do not come any closer, speaking to Moses. God said, Take off your what? Sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. So I want you to think of this for a second. Take off your sandals, because he's referring to Moses as a thing where you're standing, where, where you're coming in contact with the ground. It's holy ground. Now the ground wasn't holy because it was, it's, because it was just holy. It's talking about the presence of God. When the, if the bush would have went out, the flame would have went out, and God's uh, presence left that area, it wouldn't have been that holy place. But it's talking about in the presence of God. And he says, we're, we're making contact with this. He says, I don't want anything in between you and me. You hear what, what he's saying? Take those shoes off because there's something in between you and me. Now, I'm going to go back to Genesis, and I, I talk about this many times, but when you watch the way God does this, in the beginning, God, right? Keeping God in the beginning, God established this principle with Adam. God created Adam before he created Eve, right? And God established a relationship with Adam. That the very first relationship Adam ever knew was with God. Do you kind of see how God was trying to establish a principle in his life? That nothing should come before me, Adam. So I'm going to, I'm doing, God is a God of order. He doesn't do things just randomly. He was trying to show him that God needs to be first and that everything he done depended on God and God needed to be his first love. So once Adam uh, is established and, and that everything's going on and God's his first love, and it's easy, you know, it was easy for Adam to keep God his first love when that was the only thing he could love. Right? It's easy for me not to eat bluebell if there's no bluebell in the freezer. But you put the bluebell in the freezer, and I could hear, Scott, come get me. <laughs> It's easy when there's not a choice. So that's why God was trying to establish with him his relationship with God first. Then God, God's the one that said it's not good for you to be alone. But God never intended Adam to put Eve before. Eve was to be his second love. God was always supposed to be his first love. Anybody ever... Heard what happened? First love, God said this would happen if things go on. But second love came to him and said, here. 
So Adam listened to second love instead of his first love. Can you see where the second love came in between him and his first love? So God was his first love, but he listened to his second love, which brought death and things because God was no longer his first love. And guess what? Then they were expelled out of the garden. See, God wants to be your first love. He does not take second place. He needs to be your first love. So that's why it says, in the beginning, God created. And he's establishing this <coughs> with, with Moses. So, look at number two is give God the first of everything. Give God the first of everything. <coughs> I need to put God first. And I need to give God the first of everything. How many of you know that God never does something without setting the example for us? Give God the first of everything. Did God give his very best and his first and one and only son for you? See, God gave his first. God gave his best. He doesn't ask you to do anything that he doesn't do for you. God established that. He gave his first. So give God the first of everything uh, that you have. And no notice what it says here. <coughs> Psalms <coughs> excuse me, 24 verse 1. The earth is whose? The Lord's. And what's that next word? Everything in it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. What is everything? Everything. Does everything keep th some things out? No, because then it would have said some things. But it says everything in the earth is the Lord. He says the world and all who live in it. So this statement I made, I almost wanted to reword it and giving God the first of everything. Because you can't give him what is already his. Reality, right? I, you know, I can't give Darren that Corvette that he's already got. It's already his. So if the Lord has everything, every, everything in the world and everything, everybody in the world is already his. I need to understand that I'm just a steward of what God places in my hand. It'd be like this, you know. I own a car, I got my vehicle, and Pastor Island asks me, Hey, Brother Scott, can I borrow you to your car? I got something I got to do. Or your truck? And I say, sure. And he says, I just got to go to home and pick something up. Then I'm waiting, and hours later, my vehicle's not back. Days later, my vehicle's not back. Weeks later, my vehicle's not back. And I go up to him, hey, what you doing? So, what you mean? I said, you, I'll let you use my car. And he said, oh, no, it's mine. How many of you know that would be a horrible attitude to have? But we have that attitude 
for God's things. They're his and he's letting us use them, but we act like they're ours and we don't want him to have any part of it. Is that making a little sense? When we are stewards, we are to be stewards of everything that he places in our hands. Everything. And it's for him. We're just using it. He's just trusting us with it and, and blessing our lives with this. So let's move to the next verse. <clears throat> so a tithe, it says a tithe, uh, Leviticus 27.30, a tithe of everything from the land. And I'm going to stop there for a second. The, the verse before, we're talking about everything belongs to the Lord, everything in the world and all who live in it. So possessions, property, and people are all his possessions. And then it says here, which we miss sometimes, uh, it says a tithe of everything from the land. And what, what about it? Uh, from the land uh, where the grain, the saw, the fruit of the trees belongs to the Lord, it is what? Holy to the Lord, who does it belong to? But look at the first four words. We're going to stop there. A tithe of everything. Now, most of you here are just sitting down and think I'm getting ready just to talk about money, which I am not. Is money everything in the world? No. A tithe of everything. And then he says, from the land. Do you know that God wants a tithe of you? Now, tithe means 10%, but it also means the first fruit of, the first part of. And we're talking about putting God first and giving God the first of everything. I believe this is not do, taking this scripture out of context where it says a tithe, the beginning, the 10% of everything from the land is the Lord's. Now, I got some land yet for you, so open your Bibles to uh, Genesis. Genesis one twenty four. It says, again, this is a tithe of everything from the land. Right? And it starts with anything. Notice what it says here. How, where did the animals come from? And God said, let the what? The what? The land produce living creatures according to their own time. So actually the animals also were from the land. A tithe of everything from the land. It includes the animals. Now let's, let's jump to Genesis uh, 2 verse 7. The Lord God formed a man from where? Uh-oh. The dust of the ground. So where did we come from? The land. Now God made us from the land. He breathed the breath of life in it. But where do you come from? The land. The land that God created. So a tithe of everything from the land, where humans came from, the land. God wants the first of everything. 
a tide of everything from the land, whether grain and it just starts naming things, but it, it does what? It belongs to the Lord. Now look at Deuteronomy chapter 14, <coughs> verses 22 and 23. This is the Living Bible translation. It says this, you must tithe, meaning 10%, the first part, of all your crops every year. Notice how it keeps saying of everything. God wants, first of all, he owns everything. It all belongs to him in the first place. But he wants the first of everything. And, and Notice what it says here. Bring this tide to eat before the Lord at the place he chooses as his what? Sanctuary. His house. He says, this applies for your tides of grain, new wine, new olive oil, and the firstborn of your flocks and herds. And notice what this says. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to do what? Always put God first in your lives. To never allow something to come between you and Him. Now, I have some words down here on your paper. <clears throat> Day, week, month, year, and finances. And this kind of represents our lives. Everything in our lives. It, and we'll start with the day. God wants a tithe of your day. Daily put him first. Daily communicate with him. Let your first words be to him. Can I say this? Let your first thoughts given to him. Don't start off the day with, oh me, oh my. You're setting the course for your day. Start your day. Give him the first of everything. The first of your day. You belong to him. He wants you. Right? You see, in the garden, what did God do with Adam and Eve? He says he came down in the cool of the evening to spend time with them. That blows my mind that, that God would want to spend time with mere humans. But He does. He wants to spend time with you. So give Him your first part of the day, not the rest, not the, hey, if I have time. And that's the sad part is people, oh, I don't have time. Well, you know, we could wake up early to leave on vacation. We could wake up early to go fishing. We could wake up earlier than normal to do a bunch of things. But I can't wake up early enough to spend 10 minutes with the Lord. Start your day with Him. Give Him the first part of your day. My thoughts, my time, my words. Give Him this. What does it say about tithe when you give God? He multiplies. What does He multiply? The seed that you sow. Ooh, think about that for a second. This, so what am I sowing? What seeds are I sowing? So what are the seeds of my first thoughts that I sow? Are they negative? Then guess what? You're going to reap a negative so that's why it's, it's, it's to start your day going in the positive direction with Him. It sets the course for your day. 
get into God's Word uh, every day. Let me stop here for a second and mention this part. Remember when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray? What is a word you heard commonly in the thing? Give us our what kind of bread? Forgive us our sins today. Notice how he was telling them it has to be a daily thing. Give him the first part of your day. He's saying, you know what? He didn't say, ask for your weekly bread. He didn't say, ask for your monthly bread. Because if you had, God gave you the monthly bread, you wouldn't be wanting and uh, depending on Him for your bread today. Because you got a month's worth over there. <coughs> Excuse me. So start with your daily time. Give Him... Yeah, your time that day. Next is your week. Start, give him the first part of your week. Now you'd say, well, what is the first part of your week right now? Thank you for being here. You decided to start your week. Now uh, you, can, you can look in your, your calendar. It's the week starts, what we celebrate, the week starts on Sunday through Saturday on your calendars. The first part of my week is Sunday morning. God, I'm giving it to you. I'm going to your house, and I'm going to worship you. That's the first part of my week. Amen? I start my day with them, and, and I give them the first part of my week. <coughs> then we said, <coughs> excuse me, we give them the, the first part of your month. And we as a church have decided to dedicate the first, Monday, uh, first Wednesday of every month as a, ho- a prayer, time of prayer with the Lord. Being in prayer with them the first Wednesday of every month, it's yours. We're, we're going to come get in your presence. We're going to have some worship. Then we're going to pray and lift up the needs. Because Jesus says, my Father's house will be a what? A house of prayer. Then we, then we see the thing. Uh, I'm, I'm running out of time. Then we see the thing of year. Give them your year. So we de- I decided this year we're giving them the first part of the year, which is the first month in prayer. But when you think of day, week, month, year, that represents your life. Right? It's your life. So how do I give him part of my life? Well, what do you spend your life doing? Most people working and different things like that. So that's where the finances come in. Okay? So... Let's, let's look at this for a second. <clears throat> so he gave us day, week, month, year, and finances, which re- finances represent part of my life. What, what, what I spend most of my time doing is, you know, uh, those that have jobs and things like that. So that brings in your income. And notice what Matthew twenty-five fourteen through 30 says. And I want you to be, understand why I'm talking about this is you have to understand where Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, and he's teaching, but if you look at what, where he's coming from, what he's talking about, is he begins in chapter 24 talking about uh, his return, the return of the Lord, that the day and hour is unknown. So that you should always be ready, you should always be serving the Lord, and how do we serve the Lord? By giving ourselves to him. Okay? He says that uh, then it goes from the day and hour not known to the parable of the ten virgins. 
that some had all in their lamps, some were ready for his comeback, and some weren't. Then it goes from there to what we're going to read right now. Notice what it says. Again, it will be like. Now, the reason it says again it will be like is because he started off the other two saying the kingdom of heaven is like. So when he's saying again it will be like, he says this is how the kingdom of heaven is. Okay, so whenever I read that, I want to start paying attention. The kingdom of heaven is like this. He says, it will be like a man going on a journey. What is he referring to? Guess what? He was getting ready to be ascended, going away. And what did he do? When, he, when Jesus left, he gave, he, he gave the authority to his apostles, disciples, believers to go into this world and work for the kingdom of God to bring people to the salvation knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he says, then I'm coming back. But I'm not telling you when I'm coming back. Just know I am coming back, and you better be ready, and you, you're going to give an account for your life of how you lived your life. Okay, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are Christ's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared for us to do. So one day you're going to stand before the throne and see God's going to say, All right, this is what I planned for your life, your purpose in life. Let's see, have you fulfilled what you were supposed to do? <coughs> He says it again, it will be like a man going on a journey. He's referring to the kingdom of God who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Again, Christ was getting ready to leave and he entrusted why God <laughs> entrusted the message of salvation with mere man, I have no idea. But he did. And that's what he's telling them here. He says who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Do you think gold is really important to God? What is important to God? The souls of man, people. And he entrusted his wealth to them. The purpose of sharing the gospel with the world. What you're going to do. Now, don't be confused. In some versions, it, it, uh, it talks about right here instead of this translation uses gold. The other one uses the word talents. But when it's saying talents, it's not talking about your dancing abilities. Your singing abilities. It's not talents like that. It's a Greek word meaning money, meaning silver or gold, which was actually, if I remember right, it's, it's between 50 and 80 pounds. A talent was 50 and 80 pounds, which represented 20 years' wages for a common person. For a common labor, it was like 20 years, all right? So it says, it says this, Let, let's go on, before I run out of time here. He says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted them. Why is he entrusting them? Because there's something important that has to be done, and he's saying, you know what? I'm trusting you to do what I need you to do. And entrusted his wealth to them. It says this one, uh, verse 15. To one he gave five bags of gold, which represented a hundred years of wealth, a hundred years of things. To uh, another, two bags, which represents 40 years worth of wages. And to another, one bag, which represented 20 years of, of wages. And it says, each according to what? His ability. Can you understand that God's given us 
every ability we have, every talent we have, everything we do, and uh, he has a specific, specific purpose for each and every one of us. Every one of us, we have the same job of spreading the gospel, but we're going to reach different people in different places. Okay? Then he went on his journey. He ascended into heaven. Okay? And then it says this. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and did what? Put his money to work and gained five more bags. Meaning what God has entrusted to him. When he left, he didn't just sit on it. He didn't just spend it on himself. He invested it to increase the kingdom of God. At verse 17 says, So also the one uh, with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and uh, hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned to settle the accounts with them, where we're going to stand before God and give an account for our life. What did you do with what he placed in your hands? You can't say, well, you gave this one more, you gave it. It doesn't matter. You're only going to be accountable for what he entrusted in your hands. Verse 20 says, The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Uh, Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful what? Servant. We are servants of his. We, we, were, we are left this. And then he goes on to say this. <coughs> uh, verse, uh, where am I? I'll start at verse 21. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. How many of you know that we have to show God? God already knows the answer. When we go through a test, I want you to understand God already knows the answer. He's letting you know the answer. Because what we think we're going to do is totally different than what we normally would do. Right? Peter says, I'll never deny you. Did he? Yeah. Three times before the rooster crowed. I do my rooster impersonation, but my wife said I embarrassed her when I done my pig impersonation. So I'm not doing animal impersonations. <laughs> and so, I lost my but, but God, God knows. And, and again, we're going to be receiving communion in a little while. But the Last Supper, remember Jesus told them that one would betray him? And they all started talking amongst themselves, who would it be? And they all were in the same train of thought. It's not going to be me, it's somebody else. But do you realize, we know Judas sold them out on that part, but every single one of them left them when he was arrested. They all sold them out. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Verse 22. Well, let me get back there. I don't care if we're late. He says, you have been faithful with little. I'll trust you with much. Now, I'm going to go back to Darren and his vet. Darren, you see, you were supposed to have that vet, so I could use it as an analogy. But Darren and I all have 
three kids, four kids, three kids, three kids. Okay, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Darren works very hard, and he's got this Corvette that's his second one. He, when he was younger, he had a vet, got married, sold it to start it, his family and things, and now he's able to get him another one. Now, I'm not going to say Darren likes that vet. He never asked me if I wanted to take a ride in it. <laughs> he never asked me if I wanted to borrow it. Yeah. But it would be, think of if his children would come up to him, Daddy, can I borrow the vet? Eddie, well, you, got, you don't have a license yet. Oh, that don't matter. Trust me, trust me, trust me. You see, I believe Darren said when you could handle that lawnmower, when you prove you're not going to knock down everything in the yard and roll over everything that you learn how to drive, then we may let you use mom's car. <laughs> and once you prove that you're not going to put dents and scratches all over that thing, maybe I'll trust you with the vet. <laughs> Should I tell them no? <laughs> the same thing with us. God places things in our hands so we could see how faithful we He knows what you're going to do with it. But He's trying to let you see what you're going to do. Let's go on. Verse 22. The man with two bags of gold also came uh, and said, Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more, two more. And his master said the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Notice he didn't say, well, the other guy gained five. No, he says, what I placed in your hand, you were faithful with. I don't expect you to have the same result as the other one that had five bags. He says, but you, I gave you two, and you were faithful with what you had. And so he told him the same thing. Come on in. Well done, good and faithful servant. <clears throat> then the, verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. He said, Master... He said, I knew you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Now notice this. He says, I was afraid and went and hide. What does the Bible tell us about us? You are to be a light in the world, a, a light, a city on a hill that the whole world sees. But what happened to him? He buried it.
Then it, then it goes on to say this. Well, you, he says, you should have put it on a deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. He means, so could, couldn't you have done anything with it? Would have I, would I have entrusted you with it? You've done nothing with it. Your life was about you. It wasn't about anything. You, he called him a lazy, wicked servant. In other words, he wasn't a true servant. Verse 29 says, For whoever has... Uh, so, verse 28, I'm sorry. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten. So he took what was that man's and gave it to the one that has ten. And, and it says this, For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. In other words, if you're faithful with what God's already placed in your hand, He will be faithful to place more in your hand. He says, if you're unfaithful with what you've placed in your hand, He says, I'm willing to take it from you and give it to someone else. Verse 30, then it says, and uh, whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Verse 30 says, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gashing of teeth. You remember how this started? The kingdom of heaven is like. So we want to be faithful to God in every area of our life. Put God first. Give Him the first of everything in our life. And the final thing is, God will bless the rest. When I put God first and when I give Him the first of everything in my life, know that God will bless the rest. <coughs> Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured in the, your lap. Now notice what he goes on to say here. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Think of what just happened. Where the one who was faithful was get given what the one who wasn't faithful had. The measure you use will be measured to you. And then the last verse is uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. Trust the Lord with what? Some of your heart? No, he wants it all. All of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. In every area of your life, God wants your all, not your part. God wants all of you. He says, and uh, he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. All right? Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your borns. You know, a lot of people like the, like the end of God's promises, but without doing the beginning. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and pray, he says, then I will heal their land. But you know what? That, that's a promise. He'll heal their land, but if you don't seek his face and humble yourself in that, then that promise isn't going to come true. So he says, then your borns will be filled when you honor God, uh, the Lord, with your wealth and give him the first fruits of all your crops. And I'm including your life, who you are. 
the first. Give God the very first of your day, the very first of your week, the very first of every month, your year, your everything, your thoughts, your speech. Give it all to Him. Amen. He says, then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will bring them over with new wine. So today, as we bring this to a close, let the year 2020 be the year that you put God first in every area of your life, that you give the first of everything in your life, and God will be faithful to bless your life. Amen. As we get ready to receive communion, if y'all go get Michelle uh, to come help us, uh, Pastor Island, Sister Jeanette, if you make your way up front. We just want to invite you to receive communion with us this morning. You don't have to be a member of Christian Fellowship Church to receive communion, but we do ask that you be a born-again Christian according to Scripture, that you don't partake of it unworthily. And again, none of us are worthy, but it's only through Christ that uh, we have salvation. So if you'd stand to your feet, I just want to invite you, if you've never asked the Lord to be your personal Savior, <coughs> that this be the day. And remember when we come up today, when you're receiving the emblems, it represents God's best that he's given for you. The body and the blood of his son. His first, his best that he gave for you. So I just ask you to say this simple prayer with me from your heart. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. And I admit that I fall short in many areas of my life. And I am in need of a savior. I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And I believe he was raised from the dead and seated at your right hand side. I invite Christ to come into my heart to be Lord of my life and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone says amen. So at this time, we'll actually just come down the center aisles and side aisles, receive the emblems of communion, and hold on to them till the very end, and we'll receive them together. Your life away. 
crucified Lord you bore our freedom on the cross forsaken for my sin you died and rose again Jesus you are the Lamb of God Lord you giving your first, for giving your best to us, that we may have salvation through your Son, who died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. As we hold in our hands the emblems, the uh, symbolic emblems of his blood and body that were sacrificed for us. Father, never let us take it lightly, the price that you gave. You gave your all, your best. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, we'll give receive the emblems. Amen. Amen. Remember, let 2020, doesn't, don't let anything come in between you and God. Amen. Put him first in everything. God bless you. We love you. Come on out Wednesday night for prayer. And we'll see you next Sunday morning. God bless.